Welcome back to Following Noah on a Stormlight Podcast. This week is episode 171, and we are finishing The Well of Ascension by Brandon Sanderson. Paul, how are you? Always great. Especially great when we're finishing a book. So I'm just super excited about this. This and a recap later, like, it's always so fun going over the end of the book. You know, it's it's like a, it's just a huge sigh of relief. Yeah. I mean, maybe relief. Maybe there's a lot of unanswered questions, you know, especially in some Sanderson books. But for the most part, it's a sigh of relief of like, wow, you really made it. You did it. You know, we can kind of pat ourselves on the back and, and just be excited to talk about the whole book. Yeah, our wrap-up episodes are some of my favorites as well. You kind of just dial it back and discuss the whole thing. Elliot, how are you? I'm doing great. I've got a stack of Halloween candy that I dad taxed off my children, and I have this <laughs> uh, lovely book that arrived in the mail today nice. that I am uh, not opening yet because it's uh, Secret Project 4, but just looking at the covers, like, man, impressive. I listened to the audiobook. I have, have yet to flip through the physical book, but based on the uh, the audio descriptions that they give you of what's in the book, I'm excited to get my hands on mine because I think there's some really good uh, art in there that I'm looking forward to seeing. But we don't get to cover that till next year on the podcast. So let's roll intro, and then we'll have Elliot do a brief summary of the final part of The Well of Ascension. All right, Elliot. Several different things happen in part six, chapters 56 through the epilogue. You want to run us through it? Yeah, I'll do my best. I mean, this is this is as Sander Lanchy as it uh, as it gets. So there's a lot a uh, lot packed in here. But we start off in chapter 56. Ellen is on his way back to Luthadel. He's trying to catch up to to Vin and the rest of the of the crew. He runs into a bunch of terrorist refugees and learns that their uh, their homeland has been attacked and uh, devastated. But they he tags along with the uh, with the refugees all the way back to Luthadel. Gets back to uh, the place. Vin is, Vin is in a coma after all her, uh, her pewter use and uh, relying on that pretty, pretty heavily. But she does awaken. And then we jump kind of right into the, the thick of it with the mist attacking people. Vin feels this incredibly strong pull towards Friedrich Shaw. She follows that urge. She brings Ellen with her. They find the secret room inside of Kredig Shah. They go down into it. They find this cavern underneath with stores of food and a bunch of other strange things. And then lo and behold, in one of the back caves is the Well of Ascension. And we get a pretty, pretty epic scene with what unfolds there. My takeaway, I'm still honestly a little bit confused by what all happened there, but Vin receives the power of the well, and she she gives up that power. She gives it away, which in the moment seemed like the right thing to do. 
And then lo and behold, we find that maybe that was the wrong thing to do because apparently she's given that power to something and that something has been like set free and released into the world. Ellen almost dies, but Vin saves him. And then, yeah, there's a lot in the epilogue with Sazed kind of dissecting what all has happened and having a few revelations that we'll we'll talk about. But I think that's all the major events. Yeah, I mean, there's several different things that we will be discussing there. Does Paul, I'm going to throw this to you. Does the fast pace Sanderland like I, I th- let me preface this preface the question. I think this is the fastest paced Sanderlands we've had. And then there's zero time to process it. The book just ends. Like the last chapter of the book, Ellen is dead on the floor or all dying on the floor. Vin force feeds him metal and then the book ends. And epilogue comes in says walks in it's like oh yep the rubbing was wrong and then ellen kind of wakes up and says oh i'm misborn now and then the book ends so but my question is do you enjoy so much packed into like 50 pages or do you need some process time like after these events like in the book i mean so in general I love the action-packed 50 pages. Right. I love those pages that are just like earth-shattering. Everything happens. I think that's great. However, I think I think it could have used a little more. Like personally, so this this book, and we'll talk about this a little more in our recap. You know, it has a bit of middle book syndrome. The beginning is slower. The mm-hmm. beginning to this book is slow, and so I'm like. Is there any way this could have been more, more quantity of the total book? You know, more well balanced. Maybe shortened. Yeah, maybe shortened some of the older stuff, like beginning stuff, and made this more than fifty pages. You know, or something like that. Added more maybe afterward. Had this earlier in the book or something. I think that would have been good personally. Like I, I think I think there were adjustments to make. Like the blank question, do I like the packed fifty pages like at the end of the book? Yes, I do. I think it's awesome. Right. I absolutely love this part. Um however I think for this particular part of this story, like this specific book, I think it, it would have been better to be a bit different, I guess. Um I did love it as far as like what happens. It's it's awesome. It's super engaging. It's obviously really exciting. It's Brandon Sanderson. Like it's gonna be pretty exciting. Um, and just what Elliot mentioned offhandedly as the the you know and what we talk about offhandedly as like, oh yeah, here's the chapter summary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ellen almost dies, and you know, like uh, we we get to the well. You know, powers released, but it's apparently it's a bad like it's an evil spirit or something like that. You like you you don't even know, like. Like the summaries of these chapters are crazy. So much happens right. in such like a a blink of an eye kind of kind of moment. So it's wild. I'm excited for this opportunity to just kind of unpack unpack all of that. Really. What about for you, Elliot? Do you need a... my my question is phrased because I want 
the characters to sit down and process before the book ends. I, I want a, a chapter, maybe two, of Vin exiting with Ellen, getting him the care he needs or the pewter he needs or whatever, and then telling Sazed, yo, well, this is what just happened, and then Sazed like, can maybe process it for a little bit on, on page. We don't get any of that. Um, what, what about for you, Elliot? On a first read, how does this feel um, so, so condensely packed? I personally, for me, feel like it ended too abruptly. I, I would much prefer a time to digest what just happened. To see the characters do that and for myself to do that, Ellen is like basically dead on the floor. Vin brings him back, realizes he's burning pewter in about half a page. That's the end of the main body of the book. Right. And then you get six pages, six pages of epilogue of Seiza doing his thing. And then you're done. I would, I would strongly prefer 20, 30 pages to kind of let me, let it sink in for me. However, I think I, I think that's a preference. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would say that that's a flaw in the book necessarily. Sure. For for what it is, I think it works, especially in the more kind of fast paced, lighter in the sense that it's not going as deeply into some of the topics, you know, methods in in Mistborn. I, I think it's fine the way it's written. I would just prefer more. Did you see any of this coming besides approaching the well? I, we'll have to talk about it as we as we go through it. I, the short answer to your question is no. I don't think I saw most of this coming. I do think, well, I take it back a bit of this. I predicted that Ellen was misborn from the beginning. You did. You predicted that, like... Wait, when we met him, you were you were suspicious. Yeah, I don't even remember. You were suspicious yeah. of him more than a prediction. You're like, there's gotta be something about this guy that's fishy. And I'm we, we just have to force feed him some strange metal that's by the well, and then he becomes misborn at the end of book two. I, I'm definitely going out on a limb to claim that one. I <laughs> I very early on predicted that he was a misborn. Turns out he wasn't, but hey, he becomes one at the end of book two, so I'm yeah. claiming on to that. I mean, I, technically, your prediction, I guess, was correct. You know, it depends on how you want to look at it. If you say, you know, who's to say you're saying Miss uh, Ellen is a misborn? Couldn't just be interpreted <laughs> as you know will be a misborn. You know, at some point. Yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with mm-hmm. that. I do think that I was surprised by and did not predict that Vin would give up the power. Okay. I thought we were building into Vin kind of falling to the dark side a little bit and selfishly keeping the power. Or not not even selfishly so much as feeling like she deserves to wield it or can wield it in the right way kind of thing. But I didn't expect the Ellen is dying, now you have to make a decision between doing the right thing and saving Ellen. Right. And I, I like that she made the decision she, she did, but it did not play out in the way I would have guessed at all. Right. And 
just from a personal note, I remembered that she gives up the power. I didn't remember why, like uh, what the ex exact circumstances were, because I, I remembered that she wasn't supposed to. And I remember that she does, but I didn't rem remember the specifics. So something that's turned on its head right on the, like the last 20 pages of the book is turns out she's supposed to take the power and keep whatever is trapped in the well of ascension like there it is what the actual metal engraving says you you need to not let whatever's in the well of ascension out and one of the last lines of the second to last chapter when she lets the power go there's this creepy voice that says, I am free. Shout out to Michael Kramer, because he gives one of the best performances ever in that. In that, It is so creepy and so great. Um, but yeah, I didn't remember the specifics. So going through this, I really did enjoy um, re refreshing myself on what exactly happens here. Elliot, I saw you gave a, a funny face. Are you are you fuzzy on any of the details there? Are you still not convinced that she was supposed to take it or give it up or whatever? I'm 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 pretty fuzzy on a few parts of it. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll reconstruct most of what I I think happened or maybe should have happened and then maybe we can get into discussion on where I'm where I'm a little confused. Power exists in the well. Apparently along with some kind of being that is trapped in there. Vin takes power into herself. She then is supposed to, like, it. it's very led into that the correct decision is to not be selfish and to give up the power. Right. Which is, that decision is made hard for her because Ellen is lying on the floor dying. And right. she knows that with this power, I can save him. Where I'm confused, which I'll circle back to in a second, is why Ellen is is dying on the floor and the, the missed being that caused that to happen. I'll come back to that in a second. Mm -hmm. So Ellen Vin, Vin gives up the power, makes the air quotes right decision. She is not selfish. She makes a decision that she thinks is going to lead to Ellen dying, but she is saving the world by giving up this power. Right. Then all that gets flipped on its head in the epilogue because, and, and kind of leading into the end of it there, what, what you're just talking about of I am free. She gives up the power, but then apparently she like gave the power to the thing that mm -hmm. is free perhaps, or, she unlocked it, and the thing is free. And then Sazed discovers that <clears throat> it's all been a lie. That something has been manipulating the entire religion, texts, stories, legends, even the memories he has in his metal minds. Even metal minds, yep. Yep. Who, over thousands of years, apparently, a thousand years, who lead up to this one incident where it's all to trick the hero of ages into thinking she has to give up the power. Right. And so then the question is like, well, hang on a second. Should she have kept the power? Which then leads into a whole bunch of discussion of like, well, the Lord ruler 
Did yeah. Lord Ruler keep power? Yeah. Was that the right decision? Did the Lord Ruler actually do the right thing? Well, we can talk more about that. I, I think I follow all of that. Ellen becomes Mistborn. Okay. This power is now free. Uh-oh. There's our, our plot for book three. Where I'm super confused. The mist. The mist being. Mm-hmm. What the heck is going on there? But what what did I don't go on I there? don't understand the action. Well, okay. So the mist being appears at the well of ascension. Yep. Or I should say a mist being appears yes. at the well of ascension. Okay. Slices Elland, like takes him out, apparently for the purpose of creating the dilemma that Vin now has to face of, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get you to keep the power. Right seems like where that's going which in the moment felt extremely evil it was well hang on a second that miss being is clearly an antagonist trying to get vin to make the wrong decision and caring about sacrificing ellen along the way which that seemed very at odds with the motivations and actions of the miss being elsewhere which almost seemed like the miss being was helping in other scenarios it's like trying to get Sazed to go stop vin it's helps i guess oh yeah the other part is so after vin gives up the power the miss being is who helps vin save ellen but then later you realize oh wait vin's decision was flipped from what you thought it was and so is it the miss being was helping all along and by almost killing Ellen, it was actually helping and trying to get Vin to do the right thing because what she thought was the right thing was actually the wrong thing. And so the evil miss being was actually the good miss being and trying to kill Ellen to help Vin. Are you confused? So go ahead. Paul. I'm going to hop in here. Uh Yeah. So um, what will really help you not confuse this so much is just don't think about it. Okay. (laughs) Um, What I mean by that is, uh, (laughs) What I mean by that is so, so, okay, taking a couple steps back chronologically, I love how this was displayed because we as the reader were like, oh my gosh, that's going to be the dilemma, right? Vin is going to get this power and, you know, it does a good job of showing how her like view, her understanding like expands, like beyond her like understanding for a reason, like expands, she can see everything she knows she could help all these people and stuff, right? She knows she could destroy things. Can, can I jump in there real quick? Yes, get right ahead. One of the lines in there says that people were o- that the world was only hospitable at the poles, and she could fix that. And that made me think. Okay, hold on, wait a minute. Does that mean there's another like whole gr- group of people? on the other side of the pole that we just have never talked to or interacted with. Are, are we half the planet here instead of like the whole, like, do you understand what I'm saying? Does the final empire only cover yeah. like half the planet? And there's people on the other half that we've never seen. Great question. Very well could be from that. Honestly. Um, but okay. So Vin has this power in her hands, right? And her understanding is that she's supposed to not take this power. Right. Which, in and of itself, sounds a bit like 
difficult to me. I'm like, what do you do? Like, I don't know. I've never inherited this much power, so I don't know how you get it or lose it, you know? But anyways, aside from that, she's supposed to let it go. And so, like, us as the reader, like, especially reading this for the first time, you're like, yeah, like, you know, that's going to be a huge dilemma. It's like Frodo holding the ring over or something like that, you know? Right. Um, Except different, you know? But anyways, it's like that you have that natural inclination of, like, that natural greed, natural desire, like, I can use this for good. But your understanding going into it is that you have to not take it for the betterment of all humanity, even though you can't see it right now. And what's really good about that is that it was wrong. Because, mm. like, I don't know. I've never I've never seen anything like that. Usually that is the dilemma in and of itself. It's the... It's the Wraith showing up to, you know, fatally wound Ellen so that she does take the power, you know. That's, like, the, the end of it. But the fact that it was all actually just, like, a fabrication... Like the like, whoever was pulling these strings, right? They knew that they would make the right choice, the quote, quote unquote, right, correct choice, like the right choice of letting the power go, right? And then to find out that that was wrong, yeah, <laughs> which is so, like so devastating. It's literally like losing on both fronts, you know, which is just like ridiculous. So like that on its own, like huge props just to the writing. Of that, just like that, the, you know, there's a lot of trickery going on. As far as making it make sense, oh, excuse me. The the miswraith is definitely the hardest part. Like, is it a good guy? Is it simply just a fabrication of this, like, you know, whoever's pulling the strings here, to like reinforce? Right, can, like a final boss, like a final boss kind of thing. Like, yeah, obviously there's going to be obstacles, and in order to win this for all of mankind, like we've got to let this go. You know, you ask know, a, add, add some more legitimacy to it. Can I ask Elliot a question on the yeah. mist spirit. Absolutely not. No, I'm not. I'm kidding. Go ahead. Are there one or two mist spirits, Elliot? I, I think there's at least two. Why? And I'm not. I can't point. I'd have to go back and reread it to like point to a specific section, but it, it feels like we've got different motives going on. I'm I'm not sure all the actions of the Mist Wraith line up exactly, and so it seems like for me there's at least there's more than one going on here. I'm not quite sure why. There's also, to take your question in a different direction, there's also just like the mist in general, right? which starts killing people, the deepness, if you will. Yeah. Up until these final pages, I at least was equating the mist, the deepness, and the mist figure together. Sure. I, I, I want to divorce those now because it seems like Mist person is helping our heroes? Question mark. But the mist itself, which I kind of want to keep in the the deepness side of my Venn diagram, mm -hmm. does not seem to be helping in any way. It's just angry or doing its thing or whatever, and 
out killing people and driving them crazy. That doesn't that no longer seems to line up with missed person. So right. I think there's more than one missed person. I think the deepness is different and the force of nature perhaps that is consuming and killing people is not necessarily the same as these beings that also seem misty. Sure. And to just a little factoid to throw in the air to support you one way or the other, there's a mist being with Sazed guiding him to Vin at the same time there is a mist being with Vin and Ellen. The, it's the previous chapter, just... but the, the the rumblings that Sazed feels when he's fighting Marsh is an indication that there are simultaneous events happening of the next chapter, which also a mist wraith, or I always want to say mist wraith, a mist, not wraith, is thing, <laughs> mist being, yeah, um, is also present at the well. At the same time, so that, yeah. If, if I recall as well, the one that's with Sazed can't go in the building. Correct. Kind of like how the mist can't go into certain buildings, except in strange, specific exceptions. The, and so that also kind of played into. Seems like there's different, but then of course, question arises: Why can the one be inside the cave with Vin at the well? Right. So lots of questions remain, but en- enough enough hints for me to say that we're dealing with a group of beings. Okay. I want to... Okay, one other thing that I want to say was, even though, like, I guess you could say the missed beings' attempts failed, because if, if it is, if, it, if that is what the missed mist thing is wanting then, you know, Vin still gives up the power, right? But there is still, like, some success in that, like, I don't think if, if Ellen hadn't faced that wound, he probably wouldn't have become a, a misborn, right? Sure. I don't know if that would have happened. So there's there's a bit of a silver lining. Um, also, something that's just popped into my head. I honestly didn't think about this at all on my first read-through, but just throwing it out there. A little, like ridiculous prediction theory time um is this mist being something or someone that we would know is it possible is it possible yes i don't know mm-hmm. what you're asking though i'm like you know kelsier died in the first book you know uh uh-huh. is this kelsier as a cognitive shadow or something you oh, know okay but we saw the mist spirit in the book, the the diary, the Lord Ruler diary. Okay, okay, good point. I but, didn't remember sorry. that. But but we're also talking, like we just said, about multiple beings, right? And so we we've got another class of beings that are apparently guided by voices they hear through spikes in their bodies. We'll get to that. W- what's to say there's not another class of beings that have died? become cognitive shadows and are now being instructed by some other voice or the same voice. And so they might be acting similar across the ages because that's what they do. So would it be Kelsier's spirit or something like that? I think that's very much in the realm of possibility. 
Yeah. Doesn't Do that I... exact thing happen on could... Threnody? Don't people... Couldn't could also be Zane's spirit, and this right. is a pure act of maliciousness if he's mad at Elland. Okay. Right. Okay. Could be that. On on Threnody, don't people die and turn into those shades? Is that what? Am I remembering that right? I don't remember the details, but it sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, I never remember the shades. I don't remember if people like directly turn into them or not. I think they do. I think they do. I think they do. Yeah. Okay. Um, like, you remind me, was Threnody like the forests of silence? Yeah, shadows for silence in the forest. Yeah. 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 I don't remember honestly when they use those like silver cross bolts to shoot yeah. shades in the head. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Marsh. What the heck is happening with Marsh? They actually exactly what I was wanting to to talk about. Um, so that's like was really the start. Like whenever we started reading this part six, this is kind of what I believe this is like that first chapter, right? Where you hop in and you get maybe it's not the first chapter it's... of part six, but it's near the beginning, I think, of Sazed. Says it in Marsh. The first chapter in my way up. The first chapter of part two of this book is Sazed and Marsh um exploring the, the keep and getting the rubbing. That's the first chapter of part two of this book. Is that what you're talking about? I thought it was this maybe it's so I started reading I I did all my reading like right after we finished our last episode because I couldn't wait. Um so maybe I'm off, but I thought that it was like part six starts with Sazed. Finding Marsh. Oh no! Here, so the the first chapter of part six is Ellen returning to Luthadel. Um, the okay. big long chapter, chapter fifty eight, is when Sazed and Marsh are punching each other. Okay, okay. So never mind that. Forget I said that. Um, Sazed and Marsh. So this is just wild because so as re like as the reader like. I thought this was the moment that, like, Sazed was going to die. I thought, mm. you think it's going to be, like, a tragic, you know, Marsh kills Sazed. Like, like that's logically, I'm thinking, like, what should have happened. He's a terraceman who's, you know, resourceful and had a lot of powers saved up, which which is interesting. I'm curious to, to get y'all's thoughts on, like, the different things. Like, like eight growing in your your weight, like, your physical weight... It's kind of crazy. I mean, we've seen it before, but like, really, all of the stops were pulled out for this fight. Yeah, for Sazed to live. Um, it was interesting. Also, Sazed. I I think this is the first time we see it. Sazed talks about the weakness of an Inquisitor. The pulling out the spike. This is the first time we've talked about it in this book mm -hmm. for sure. I mean, that that was a big yeah. reveal at the end of last book, but we haven't talked about it since. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah. It's just something I wanted to acknowledge from last week. Elliot, you said that you'd be very upset if Seiza didn't make it to the end of the book and you wanted to see him uh, live on to next book and see how he proceeds, and you almost didn't get it. I I was prepping the rant. I was, <laughs> as the scene was unfolding, I was getting I was getting angry. I was going, no. He is going to die right now, and I'm going to have to come on this podcast and absolutely light Brandon up for killing off a character right after setting him up for a really intriguing character arc. I was going to be furious. 
I'm so relieved that Seized survived that because my probably my biggest takeaway from this whole book is Seized's journey. And he is by far the character I'm most interested about going into book three. By far. And I would have been really upset if he had died there. It it would have it would have been epic, but I would have been upset. Thankfully, I don't have to be upset. You want to recap the the scene for us, Elliot? What exactly happened between Marsh and Sazed? Yeah, I can, I can try to step through what I what I remember here. Sazed is trying to get to Vin at the suggestion of the mist being who's apparently helping us. Gets to Predikshaw. Marsh is there, and Marsh is there specifically to stop Sazed. And drops a lot of intriguing lines. Yeah. Things like, everything has been going perfectly. I'm not going to let you ruin this. Like, read into that. And then other lines like, I wish I understood why I have to kill you. Yeah. Or that there's other version of, of that that's like, I have to. I'm sorry. I just have to. And... Clearly, Marsh is not the same Marsh that we saw last book. You're right. And it's been a year, so things change. Mar- Marsh is no longer in the, the good guy category. I mean, like, at the beginning of this book, I was ready to say, okay, he's gotten creepy. Maybe he's negative influence from becoming an Inquisitor and all, but still a good guy, right? Wrong. I... That there's two lines that firmly put him in the bad guy category in this scene. One is Sazed saying, I didn't know becoming an Inquisitor led you to betray or, or force you to betray your friends. Two, Sazed says, oh, I may not be a warrior, but you aren't a warrior either. And Marsh's reply to that is, I wasn't a warrior, but over the last two years, I have killed so many people. And that's all he says. You're like, okay. Marsh is, Marsh is gone. Like, he's gone. Which is a big reveal for me and slightly a little emotional. End of book one, Marsh was in the conversation, not top of the list, but in the conversation for like favorite character. Right. He he was, you know, top five probably of characters that I liked in book one. So to see him go so far is a, a small gut punch, a gut tap. Yeah. And I think the I think the reveal that Zane has a spike in him is leading up to this scene of why Marsh yes. may be the way he is. So, do Elliot, do you want to compare those two and re- relate those I, on I, what I'm referring to here? I do, because I went down that, that logic path myself. Strictly based on the the quote that I mentioned a second ago, I wish I understood why I have to kill you. Yeah. Add that up with the rest of that scene. I've killed hundreds of people... You're messing up the plan. I have to I have to fix this. Clearly, there's some kind of influence on Marsh. Right. Clearly. And I'm very ready to 
jumped to the conclusion that Zane heard voices that specifically said kill. Like that's the the verbiage is kill them, kill him, kill that. Very easy to assume that that's why Marsh has killed so many people. Right. He's had a voice in his head ever since he started this. I'd be really curious to go back to book one and revisit some of those Inquisitor Marsh scenes and see if he ever drops any kind of hint of like, I'm hearing voices or something like that. Because mm. easy to jump to, that's what's happened. Why? I wish I understood why I have to kill you. He He's following a directive he doesn't understand or maybe even agree with, but he's following it anyway. A voice in his, his head that just says kill makes perfect sense. So now we have, I think, a lot of evidence directly linking, you got a spike in you, you're hearing voices. Which I also want to equate that the other half of this scene. Did you catch this? Where Marsh is fighting Sazed, pulls his bag of copper mines or whatever, the gold rings and all that fun stuff, shoots them into Sazed, and then what? He, Are you just getting into the he, whole... Yeah. Go ahead, Paul. Like, like from inside of him, he uses their power, which is like crazy but, and a bit gruesome. You but know? before that happens, what happens? Sazed hears a voice telling him to use that power. Those weren't coins that he shot into you. Uh, did we find another de deviation? No way. No, no, no. I remember this. No, I, I do I, remember. I this. believe. I believe I'm, you heard it, Paul. I don't okay, believe okay. Elliot's new version heard this. The what? What you're saying does not ring a bell. Okay. Now, this is Sanderland's territory, so a lot of things happen all at once. It is very possible I missed this, but I, I, I didn't really want this. I to didn't be write that down. Deviation, though. If it's the, another this? one, I'm gonna flip. Because this is a big this, one. This, I was going to say, this one seems more specifically important than the other two that we casually found. So I actually have faith that these are pretty similar, if not the same. Okay. Um, or about a page into chapter 58 is what I'm referring to. Um, I'll read it real quick. I have, I failed, says a thought, though I know not at what? I can't even answer Marsh's question. I don't know why I came here. He felt himself dying. It was an odd experience. His mind was resigned, yet confused, yet frustrated, yet slowly having trouble. Those weren't coins, a voice seemed to whisper. The thought rattled in his dying mind. The bag Marsh shot at you. Those weren't coins. Those were rings, Sazed. Eight of them. You took out two, eyesight and hearing. You left the other ones where they were, in the pouch, tucked into your sash. That's all in italics in my book. I was going to ask you about the format. The, it, it's the same. It okay. is the same. Yeah. Okay. I, I was going to ask you if there were like quotations around that in yours. Sounds like there's not. There's not. I, I did not key into it. I leaned too, maybe perhaps too heavily, on the seemed to whisper and the 
continuation of the italics, which seems to come from, say, its own thoughts, the paragraph before, where you started. Sure. Where you first started seems to clearly just be his own thoughts. And so I read it as a voice seemed to whisper as just a little bit metaphorical, and it's really just, say, having an out-of-body experience and remembering that he's doing that. But you could absolutely read it the direction you're going, which is actual voice in his head telling I, him, oh, by the way. I read it as Seiza just got spikes shoved into him, and now he's hearing a voice. That's what I read. Okay. I did okay. not read it that way, I'll be honest. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm ready to jump to that conclusion. I, I follow the logic, by all means. Yeah. Good. I definitely can't point to anything to to disprove you. Like going, this is probably too nuanced. Simply going off the fact that there are not quotation marks around that makes me want to lean into it's just Seizet's own thoughts. Compared to like the Zane perspective that we got. Yeah, I was about to go look. In the Zane perspective, it's clearly another voice where it says like God said and then in quotes the words that he's hearing. You are right. But, I remember it specifically that there are quote quote marks around that, um, but, around Zane's inner maybe dialogue. That's, there. Maybe that's not the right conclusion to jump to, and maybe that's just Zane's had that voice in his head for years, and so it's very much a voice in his head, whereas this is the first time says it is experiencing that. Maybe it seems to be his own thoughts, and so it's presented to us a bit like that, so that it's... Yeah, maybe. I'm a firm maybe on that. Okay. What else, gentlemen? Uh, so it, I'll, I'll actually answer my own question. Um, by the end of the book, Marsh is gone. Elliot, any predictions? Where'd he go and what's going to happen? Well, he... I, I feel like I can't even guess because he's clearly acting under the direction of someone or something. Okay. So he went he went wherever the voice told him. This would be my guess. Good answer. If if I had to if I had to be more specific, did he go to join back up with his other inquisitor buddies? Perhaps. Maybe. Which we didn't mention it. We had a reveal of what the inquisitors have been up to, like the rest of the inquisitors, not Marsh. The rest of them have been attacking Terrace. And I if I remember correctly, is it all of the keepers are dead? Did they specifically attack the keepers? And so, like, Sazed's the only one left? Is that... Am I right there? That was my understanding, or at least, like, only one that we know of. Like, it right. felt... I thought it felt a little bit ambiguous of, like, there may be other keepers out there, but at least... Like, I, th- I thought... Hold on. I think it said that, like, Everyone who was in Terrace maybe had died. All the keepers like, in that's Terrace. Like how, yeah, but like that's how like Tendwell was on the scene because she wasn't in Terrace or something like that. Right. And there may be other keepers that were not in Terrace. Sure. That are that are still alive. Uh, but yeah, guess, that was I, this was crazy for me because Elliot had mentioned before like we really haven't seen an Inquisitor in a while. When are they going to show up? You know, and we learned that they've been doing a lot. It sounds like. They've been busy. Um, but but further away than I anticipated, 
I think I predicted that Vin was going to find the Well of Ascension in Luthadel and it be protected by Inquisitors. Right. Was my my thought, which was kind of the case with Marsh, but he he won't, who wasn't protecting it from Vin. He was trying to get Vin there and then stop others from stopping her. Turns out the rest of the Inquisitors are all the way up in Terrace, wiping out the the keepers. Yeah, I, and I wonder if specifically the fact that Marsh is attacking says that if that also has a a byproduct benefit of wiping out another keeper of attacking says it specifically. Oh, maybe because it, it he's not just trying to stop. Says it. He specifically says, "I have to kill you." So yeah. Should we talk about? Should we talk about metals briefly? Yeah, this mystery metal number B or whatever we found. How many? Yeah, number B. How, yeah. how many unnamed metals do we have? Because we had several at the end of last book, but we found them. There's Duralamin is new in this book. Well, yeah. And I took the liberty because we finished the book and it's at the end of the book, so it's fair game uh -huh. of flipping into the, the Ars Arcanum, yeah. which actually seems to mention a few things that are not explicitly spelled out in the book, so it almost felt a little spoilery. It, it does list out our medals, but it's not really complete. Wait Wait whoever's writing the, that Ars Arcanum doesn't quite maybe have all the information, but yeah. My book doesn't have an Ars Arcanum. Oh, mine does. That's odd. And the audiobook <laughs> doesn't have it as well. No, there. Uh, no, I found it. There is an Ars Arcanum in this book, but the audiobook does not have it. Right, Paul? The audiobook just ends, doesn't it? Correct. The audiobook does just end. Okay, Elliot, what's in here? What did, what did you learn about your medals? Well, so like you said, we've got some other medals aside from the, the ones we learned about in the first book. So we got Malatium, which is mentioned like once in uh -huh. the, the text. That help help me get this correct. That's the eleventh medal? Yes. That's, that's the That is what Vin burns to see Terrasmin Lord Ruler guy at the end of the yes. last book. Yes. Which is other people's past selves right that you get to see versus gold which we already know is seeing into your own past duralumin is not on here nor is aluminum which we know about here? it's not in like the list i see, I see 12 on here but it, yeah 12 on our list and the little fancy diagram wheel thing right but then in the actual like text here it does talk about aluminum but not duralumin strangely so there's two others that we've got and then where where i was going to kind of go with the question here is there's some kind of metal involved with elland right there they make a big deal of when Vin walks when they walk into the room with the well. There's a pot, like the magic pie. I, I think of Legend of Zelda. I immediately want to smash the pot. See if there's a rupee. There's yes. a yeah. There's a pot. 
they, they, they draw attention to it. And they're like, oh, there's a pot and it's got like a little bit of metal on it. And then they move on and they go over to the well, they do their thing. Ellen's on the floor dying. Vin gives up the power. Oh no, Ellen's going to die. And the mist person draws Vin's attention to the metal pot and Vin puts it together that, oh, I need to take that metal and get Ellen to ingest it. I forget exactly what. Did she just jump to that conclusion? That she's she's a, like, oh, I just need to. She's about to swallow it herself. And the spirit's like, no, 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 don't do that. And um, like points at Ellen. Yeah. And so then um, yeah. she force feeds it to Ellen with a metal vial that has like all the eight basic metals of like, you know, pewter, iron, steel. Um, okay. So, so that's, that, that's a bit of information that I forgot that is helpful here because she force feeds him the, the metal huh. with, as you just said, a bunch of other metals in one of her liquefied vial things. Right. And then the big reveal, the last sentence of the entire main part of the book is then uses her bronze to detect that Ellen is burning pewter. Right. To heal to himself. Heal. Yep. But the question remains, is that pewter that she force fed him? Or was it something different? Was it a new I... metal? And he's just burning pewter because Vin happened to also give him pewter at the same time. I would go down that route that mystery metal gave him mistborn powers and now he gets to burn pewter because he also happened to have pewter in that vial. It is important difference that I am quite curious about. If it, do we have new metal and the power is it makes you a mistborn? That almost seems a little bit odd to me mm. that, oh, you want the power of allomancy? Well, in order to do that, you have to allomance. Like, how, how do you become an Allomancer? You ingest metal. Well, wait, that's what Allomancers do. That, I don't know, that seems backwards. I was waiting for something different that makes you an Allomancer, and then you can ingest metals and do stuff. Yeah, and the only way I could maybe see it different is if Vin somehow accidentally makes him a Mistborn before giving up the power. That's the only, like, of the well. Um, or maybe just being within or, the proximity of the well makes you a yeah. Mistborn. But that's the only way I could see Ellen being a Mistborn without the the metal that he swallowed making him so. Or maybe it was or, the mist being touching him. Maybe. I don't think it's that for the record, but, you know, throwing out logical, or, like, could-bes. Or maybe it's the combination of special metal and proximity to the well of you got to be here next to the power and ingest this metal and burn it and that become makes you a misborn whereas just ingesting metal anywhere isn't necessarily going to do it seems like a lot of possibilities that are all semi-related of ellen ingests metal burns it becomes misborn I guess really the only question left is, was there a new metal involved there? I have something I want to ask, but I can't do it without a Stormlight spoiler. Ah. Do we have anything else to talk about before we get into a Stormlight spoiler? I was going to say, what what are our final thoughts here? Um, I feel like maybe we should make... Oh, we got to talk about the rubbing. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yes. Okay. So, back up to 2018, first time reading Mistborn for myself. 
this scene of Sazed going into the rubbing, the metal plaque room, and finding out that the rubbing is different is the first scene where I was really sold on Mistborn. I that that reveal completely worked for me and it like it really hit that wow that is so cool and so creepy and i am so interested on how that happens and what is happening here did it work for you elliot did you see this coming mm, not again not specifically as it as it happened necessarily but it felt like we were building to something like this we we had clues leading into this that wait, you wrote that down, but now it's changed, you know, kind of things. So it, this scene felt cinematic. Yeah. it You could feel tension building. You could feel, you could hear the, like, pensive music score slowly building to the revelation that, wait, it's different. And you could see, I could see that as the curtain closed scene right. easily yeah. in a movie of Post credit scene, you know. Oh, sure, yeah, like you know, shocked look on Caesar's face as he comes at revelation and oh crap, scene close, yeah. So, Elliot, I don't know if you had this was three episodes ago, I believe, where you said the epigraphs are boring. I, I have not found an interesting <laughs> epigraph. And you're like, they are clearly the rubbing that Seiza took at the beginning of the book. And I've read that whole thing already. Why do I get it again? And I asked you, are they? And you're like, you gave me a weird look. Um, yeah. They are close. The So there's a chapter where Tyndall and Seiza read out pretty much the entire rubbing that they've taken. And at, yeah. at that point, it starts with, I pound these words into metal because I'm scared or something like that. And then the actual mm -hmm. plaque says, I carve these words in steel for anything not set in metal cannot be trusted. And at that, in that scene is the first time you could have picked up on, well, hold on. That's not what the plaque says. It's close, but it's not what it says. So I, I I loved this reveal my first time. This is something I remember vividly from Mistborn, so I was not surprised at all by this scene. Um so yeah, the the epigraphs are what the actual plaque says, and the the chapters or the chapter where Tyndall and says that are reading it is what they have on their rubbing and they're different. And I I missed it completely. I was I was deceived, just like our our characters, and I even had it in front of me in words. I could have easily flipped a few pages back and gone and gone and checked it if I'd noticed, but I I did not at all. What are the implications of this? What's what's going on? Ah, now there's the real question, and definitely the intriguing part of this. What is going on here? So obviously something. That did not need to be freed from a well of, asc of ascension. I want to yes. point out. It is out in the world affecting things. So different from whatever Vin just released. Something with pretty clearly magical powers of some kind is 
very intentionally, very subtly, very specifically manipulating stuff, words, memories, metal mines to achieve an end. Yeah, the metal mines is fascinating and clearly rather disturbing for Sazed, right? Right. His entire life is built around the knowledge that he's stored up in these in these metal mines. And you can tell in this scene, it kind of breaks him a little bit to realize, oh crap. I don't can I can't even trust my own vast store of knowledge in my metal mines because something can alter it. Yeah, and he's spent this entire book with Tindwell studying and trying to figure out what exactly happened with the Well of Ascension, what it, what is going on, all of it could be fake. All of it. Yeah. Yep. So something is out there. Something rather powerful. Although, in, again, I said it's intriguing, and it really is. It seems like this type of being has to have some kind of a magical power to affect metal minds, to change words in text on paper, that sort of thing. But yet it's got that level of power, but yet doesn't have power to directly influence events. Right. Like this this whole thing, this the whole changing of words and whatever was apparently a hundreds of years long, maybe thousands of years long ploy to get someone to follow the re- religious direction and breathe a thing in the well. If whatever being this is had actual power, they'd just go breathe a thing in the well or mind control someone to go free the thing in the well or or make more direct or go free the thing in the well, right? In the world. <laughs> Do it themselves. Yeah. Like right, exactly. So this thing has scary amounts of reach, but I would venture to imply maybe a actually rather limited amount of power or maybe a very specific kind of power it's clearly shackled somehow perhaps perhaps yeah it it very much changes i'm rambling too much here so you have to cut me off here in a minute so we can talk about stormlight stuff the it, it very much twists the entire theme and framework of this book and even the first book Mm. because as we talked religion is a huge part of this world religion is used to do a lot of things Dezid has many conversations about religions in general even the concept of religions and faith talked about faith and hope and a lot of these things that are tied to like spirituality this moment where you realize that an entire religion maybe more than one religion were specifically used and rewritten to achieve one specific goal. Sazed has this realization and it breaks him. This whole thing is fake. Well, if this whole thing is fake, like, is all of this fake? It completely shatters so much of the structure, so much of the setting and framework of these books that we've seen so far. It, I don't even know what to think of it. The... The implications for Sazed are what I'm looking forward to at the beginning of the Hero of Ages. I don't remember the first half of the Hero of Ages. I remember the second half of the Hero of Ages quite quite well. Um, 
But the first half, I don't remember how Sazed deals with this in the first half of this the book. So that is actually what I'm looking forward to most on how Sazed moves forward with dealing with the because he's devoted his life to passing on these religions for the sake of keeping the heritage alive. Yeah. And if the entire yeah. heritage is just a fabrication to manipulate me, why should I be passing this along? Like that is a big question that we've just been posed in the last three, ch- three paragraphs of this book. Like how does Sazen, how do you deal with that as, as Sazen? And he, and if he's the only keeper left, like, do you with what you have what is real and what is not and what do you pass on like fascinating even if you take the manipulation and deception part of it out which is a huge problem like you just said even just the fact that it's changed that's a major problem for a historian right whose entire job is to find the accurate and true history and preserve it using that word specifically preserve <laughs> that yes. that history in, in the way that it that it should be and not letting things contaminate that history or not letting history get rewritten by specific people he can't even trust anything that he's got the religions that he's passing along the history all of it any part of it could be just completely fabricated and incorrect and so like you just said his entire life purpose the life purpose of generations of keepers could be completely for nothing. Do you want to add anything, Paul, before we go to Stormlight spoilers? Personally, I'm I'm ready and excited for Stormlight spoilers time. Okay. Let's jump into it then. I have a question for you guys. Storm full Stormlight spoilers, full full other Cosmere spoilers as well. Is the well of ascension a perpendicularity? Very possibly. Ascension a perpendicularity. Because if I think so, if it is, that could easily explain how you get misborn powers. Easily explain. And if 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 it's tying you directly to Shadesmar by being in proximity, I wonder if that's how Ellen gets his powers. If you just show up and then you're a misborn by being within, you know, 100 meters of the perpendicularity or whatever. I think it is simply because perpendicularity ties what? The physical, the spiritual, and the... What is Shadesmark called? Cognitive. Thank you. So in order to get ascension powers, which we'll talk about here in a second of what exactly... Ben has in her hands. I th- I think it has to be a perpendicularity because at if we're going by like Oathbringer definition of perpendicularity, um, when Dalinar pulls the, all three together, um, at the end of Oathbringer, um, I I think she's tapping into the spiritual realm, right? That's what I was gonna say. So I I think Which... it is. Paul, you you think it is? I'm I'm struggling honestly I'm struggling a little bit with how how the perpendicularity can give any powers sure maybe I'm missing something big but I just I'm I'm kind of like struggling with that element of it I'm like 
I can see how it's a perpendicularity here. I can especially see how you could compare it to a perpendicularity if there's a chance that this missed being is someone we know by chance. Okay. You know, um, not necessarily that it's someone we know, but someone that we could know, like like someone who was on this planet and died, or, you know, something like that. Sure. It doesn't have to be like, oh, it's Kelsier, but it's someone. Um, and le- let's also acknowledge, assuming there's no perpendicularity by name in Elantris, this would predate that term. So I, I just want to acknowledge that, that we've never seen that term if we were going to read in chronological order. I do think spiritual realm feels very likely and relevant to like the themes that we were just talking about in the whole religion aspect of of Scadrill. Yeah. The fact that the the spiritual realm would play a part in this world more than elsewhere, like sure, that seems to fit very well. And is the well of ascension a opening of the spiritual realm such that proximity to it or stepping into it gives you direct access to the spiritual realm and all of that investiture that's there. And does that make you a misborn? Like that makes total sense. The part that I'm a little hung up on is how all of that works with some being being trapped in it. Sure. That, that doesn't quite compute with what I know of perpendicularities. It seems like a perpendicularity like this, where it's just there, it's not a Dalinar perpendicularity where he has to open it. It's a um, up in the mountains. Horn Eater Peaks. Horn Eater. Yeah, there we go. Horn Eater Peaks perpendicularity where it's just sitting there. That I would assume is something that people can just like go through at will. And it's kind of, it's a free for all. So the fact that it seems to be containing somebody doesn't seem to make sense. I just had a crazy stormlight theory pop into my brain when you looked at your map there. Do it. Can I can I pause the Mistborn stuff for a second? What if Honor's perpendicularity was on the Shattered Plains and it was destroyed? Or when Honor died, it destroyed itself? Because what Dalinar is summoning is Honor's perpendicularity. But the fact that it's no longer on Roshard, that then it made me think, okay, where was it? Shattered planes. I like that. I like that a lot. I'm trying to think of something wrong with it. Sure. Like I'm not. I'm not sold on it, but I'm struggling to disprove it. You know. And and was maybe creation of that perpendicularity the event when humans came over from the other planet to Roshar, and that's when it got created. Okay. And then when it, when honor dies, it destroys itself, shattering the planes all around it. Okay. Counterpoint: They don't come over with honor. They come over with odium. Right. So now I'm wondering if honor's perpendic- perpendicularity is in the shattered planes, and if odium's is in Shinovar. Because that's where they come over, is Shinovar. So now I'm wondering if we have an Odium perpendicularity in Shinovar that we haven't found yet, and we're going to find in Book 5. 
be. We better keep an eye out for pools of water. There's a puddle. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I don't... Side note, I don't know how Cultivation didn't pick the Pure Lake as her perpendicularity. It's right there. It's awesome. Why are you right. not picking the Pure Lake? There is something weird going on with Pure Lake, but we don't know what it is. There's like magical fish or something. Anyway, back to uh, back to the Well of Ascension. Um, yeah. So if which, which perpendicular, sorry, which perpendicularity is it? If it is one, ruin or preservation? This is going to tie into another discussion that I that I wanted to have. I am doing exactly that now of trying to equate certain things to one or the other of our known shards mm -hmm. on Scadrial. Whose perpendicularity would this be? Preservation, right? Maybe maybe that. Well, it, well if you want to make... Yeah, I, I'll make that assumption and I'll run with it because the Lord Ruler, you could assume, has the powers of preservation when he oh yeah when he pulls the power for himself and then well okay so here let me let me read my quote because that's exactly what i was going to key into okay but i didn't have it up in front of me page 752 yeah let me read you a section because i was going to lead into ex pretty much exactly what you just said okay what is the context here vin and sazed are having a discussion Okay. Like when she's about this to go to the chapter... well? Correct. Correct. They're having a conversation right before she takes off to go to the well. This is in chapter 57. And Vin's like having all these revelations as she realizes, oh, I've got to go to the well. I know where it is. It's where they realize that the well is not in Terrace. Sazed says, the Well of Ascension was found in the Terrace Mountains. Vin shook her head. He changed the world, Sazed. He frowned. What? The Lord Ruler, she whispered. He created the Ash Mounds. The records say he made the vast deserts around the Empire. That he broke the land in order to preserve it. Preserve it. That it says preserve. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's that's the sentence I wanted to key in on. He broke the land in order to preserve it, which strangely enough seems to have elements of both shards, right? Ruin and preservation. Broke the land to preserve it. But I think overall, I equate the actions of the Lord Ruler and the motivations very much with a preservation taken in a rather negative way. Sure. I'm going to preserve my own power. I'm going to make myself everlasting, all that kind of thing. But I definitely lean preservation, I think. So where's Ruin? Well, that's what just got freed, probably, right? Why would he be in Was preser preservation preserving Ruin? So, so everything in this just seems like preservation to me. I think the question, where is Ruin, is a really good question. But, like, I don't know. It doesn't... It doesn't I don't know. Maybe ruin is somewhere else. It's like, like, so the reason why I instantly would, would say I think this is preservation is because we see the power. Vin holds it and she's like, there's so much good that I could do right now, which, right. you know, I'm, I'm going off of my 
understanding and intuition and saying that's sounds like preservation that doesn't sound like ruin to me you know that power to to like do good or to restore or to preserve the earth or right right um i don't know and do we understand what preservation and ruins like relationship to each other is like we kind of we... understand that in stormlight kind of what the dynamic is with like odium and honor and cultivation here i don't know if we know how they're connected if we know how ruin and preservation are connected i mean as far as we know we haven't talked to either one right mm -hmm. that's true i i definitely don't feel like we have much to go off of i will say though scadrill as a whole or Trevor, as you alluded to before, maybe the half of Scadrill that we've seen yet. Yeah. But anyway, Scadrill, I mean, that could bring up whole other questions, but Scadrill as a whole seems like a place that is in a state of ruin, yet preserved that way. It, it, so it could be, like it seems like a place that, that has been ruined, but is being preserved it's not getting worse but it's not getting better but the ash mounts are kind of the great example of it's kind of been ruined it's got a dark sky ash falls the sun is red like there's there's problems here it's almost like ruin was running the, the town for quite a while preservation finally got control and was like i'm putting a stop to this but it's preservation it didn't make it any better it just put a stop to it all Preservation somehow like contained ruin, stopped ruin, and said, okay, I'm preserving this. And that's kind of the state that we've been at through all this is maybe ruin's been suppressed or contained and preservation is running the show at this point. I very much fear that Vin might have just changed that. Hmm. Is either ruin or preservation the deepness? So we know that. Okay, our understanding, until we find out it's wrong, isn't it that it's to let go of the power at the will of ascension so that that power can defeat the deepness? Was that right? Is that what we were told? That was the prophecy that you you need to release the power so that it it can defeat the deepness. That's fake. So it's all fake. That, but that's fake. Yes, that is all fake. That is all fake. What that naturally leads me to believe, right, is this whole, like, okay... Preservation is the power of the well of ascension, and the ruin is the deepness, or 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 at least part of ruin is has something to do with the deepness, right? So that, that's what it makes me think. But we know that's wrong. So <laughs> you're losing me. I'm getting confused. <laughs> yeah. Well, like okay, logically, I'm assuming preservation is a good guy, ruin is a bad guy. Okay. Fine. That's what I'm. Fine that's assumption. what I'm generally assuming, just based off of their names and attributes, right? So I'm saying what what our characters were told is that release the power at the will of ascension, and it will defeat the deepness. So I'm kind of extrapolating that to this is preservation at the well, which we need to release to defeat the deepness, which may not be ruin itself, but like something that's a part of ruin. Right, um, but so that that's that's the assumption. But then you find out that that's wrong. That this, uh, at least letting the power go is not the right thing. So I don't know if that's actually ruin or 
maybe preservation isn't a good guy kind of thing so, or or what so circling back to something but, that Elliot said way at the beginning of the episode did the Lord Ruler do the right thing by taking the power so if it's flipped like well, you're saying do you have to take the power in the well which would be preservation to defeat ruin because then because Elliot what you just said is I think we just let ruin free that is what Elliot you just said Maybe. I'm almost getting to the point where I think both decisions are wrong. The right decision is not going to the well at all. Okay. Because the if you if you release the power and apparently give it to whatever thing you just freed, it seems like that was incorrect. But I think the Lord Ruler has proven that keeping the power wasn't good either. Right. Or or Maybe that was the right decision, and just over time, power corrupts. Sure. And the Lord Ruler did the correct thing, took the power, protected the world, but then over time became corrupted by that power and then abused it. And so maybe the correct answer is take the power, but then don't has, use it. It has for, to be a good person or something like that. Like a, like a perfectly good person. Right. Because if they're going to become eternal, they got eternity to fall to corruption. And sure. power corrupts is a cliche, but it's a very true cliche, as history has proven, is people, no matter how good their intentions, in positions of absolute power, tend to eventually do bad things with it. Remember what the Lord Ruler's last words were? No. You don't know what you've done. You don't know what I do for mankind. Yeah. Hold, hold back ruin? Maybe. Hold back... Hold preservation and hold back ruin, maybe? Maybe. I, I am with what you were kind of talking about for a bit there, Paul, though. I do... I do equate deepness with ruin in my mind. Right. Those okay. seem to align. We, we see a lot of preservation. We see a lot of references to preserving, eternity, containing. Those things seem to fit. The deepness does not fit with any of that. The deepness seems to be a destructive power, a something that is just trying to kill or destroy. Sounds ruiny. Did you key into the mists? What were they were doing to Vin before she enters Critic Shaw? So at the, at the Yeah, so at the end of... The final empire. She draws upon the mists to defeat the Lord Ruler. Right? Oh. Right? Yeah, I see where you're going. At I the end going. of the Well of Ascension, she's yeah. approaching the well and says it says, Do you see the mists? And Vin says, Yeah, they're they're acting weird. And says it says, Yeah, they're pulling away from you. Let's let's add more evidence to this. So, Vin is in a, a deathmatch battle with Zane. Mm. The mists are doing funky things there, too. Yep. Vin, Vin tries to draw on the mist to defeat Zane. The mist refuses. What if, what if Zane is a disciple of Ruin, and now we can tie in our whole, you've got spikes, you hear voices, is that the voice of Ruin? 
with the whole kill mantra. Yeah. So the ruin, the, the mist then aligns with ruin. The mist helped Vin defeat the Lord Ruler because the Lord Ruler was acting under the guidance of preservation. So Ruin was like, yeah, I got to get out of that nasty person's clutches. So here, yeah, here's my power. But then later, I was like, nope, sorry, I'm not helping you kill Zane because he's my dude. And then later on is nudging, pushing, whatever, trying to get Vin to free something from the well. Or is it the mist is siding with preservation to overthrow the Lord Ruler because the Lord Ruler has twisted preservation's power and wants someone else. Maybe. I could see either uh, one. Still can't reconcile the the deepness side of the mist, right. which again, we're kind of making a little bit of an assumption there. The destructive side of the mist, that I can't quite reconcile with preservation. Right. Does the mist sometimes maybe, depending on how you look at it, act aligning with preservation, maybe? But then I can't that 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 then has to be like a different mist than the mist that makes people go crazy and eat themselves or other people. Are there two different mists? Oh, very possible. Back to the whole are there two different mist beings okay. more than those? Like, do we got competing mists going on here? Maybe. Anything else, gentlemen? Two mists. That is a new one to me. I can't <laughs> lie. You never thought about it? I cannot lie about that. <laughs> yeah, the, the dark gray mist and then the slightly less dark gray mm, mist. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there, there's a mist yeah. that's attracted to Vin, and there's a mist that repels from Vin. I, there's... I mean, we've got like 12 types of light on Roshar, so I mean, <laughs> if there's that many types of light, I guess that could think... be multiple types of mist. I think we have know? six, but yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That you know of. Sure. In fact, well, One. knowing Sanderson, there's probably 10, because there's... <laughs> everything's 10 on there. Yeah, okay. You ready for, ready for me to knock your socks off? I'm not wearing socks, but go ahead. I'm also not wearing socks, but I'm prepared. There's a nickname that some of the, the folks use for Elland. And they use it a lot. At the end of this book, though, they're having a conversation, and I had an absolutely absurd thought enter my head. The nickname they use for Elland is L. And it's not just Vin. It's not like a pet name that uh, that Vin uses for uh-huh. Elland. There, there's other people that refer to him as L as well. It's, it's clearly just like a shortened you know, nickname for him. So is this, is this a Stormlight? Like, we're, we're still in Stormlight huh? spoiler. Yeah, okay. I see where you're going. Huh? Oh, very, very Stormlight spoilery. There's another character in the Cosmere known as L that we see in Stormlight. True. And I can I can hardly even remember the details about this person other than it's like end of Rhythm of War, right? Yeah, he's in one scene where, at the end of Rhythm of War. Where a character comes in and appears to be a bit of a puppet master, like behind the scenes, controlling things, big baddie. His name is L, and he's in control of all of the um, the fused, right? Yeah. He, I believe he, at least he looks, appears to be a fused himself. Yeah, yeah. 
couldn't recall if it was yeah if he was affused or or not details there but go, going all the way on spoilers in the reveals that we get in it's like epilogues of rhythm of war and pre-release is it pre-release stuff for five i can't even remember now the the lord of scars makes an appearance that's pre-release for five in, yeah. mm-hmm. in in stormlight in the pre-release for five i'm again completely impossible no way this is related whatsoever if kelsier is in on roshar could ellen be as well under his nickname l and is in control of all the fused absolutely ridiculous but it's the same name so obviously it must be true i am all for crazy theories but this one i am not getting on board you can you can go with that one yourself <laughs> i don't so, i don't so, think that one so you're telling me you're telling me it's pure coincidence pure coincidence that that the characters have the same name it's a Zanderson book. It can't... Man. <laughs> yes. Now to be... Yes, I'm saying it's pure coincidence. To be fair, I agree. I think it is coincidence. But I had the thought that you just had of... But it's Sanderson. That's pretty funny. Which is a very scary thought to run with, you know? You can really run down a lot of rabbit holes. I mean... That, on the bright side, that is how we got to our conclusion that Shalon is Light Song, That's and I'm true. very grateful that we were able to make connections like this because it is Sanderson. So, L is Ellen. There you, you go. know, yeah, Ellen is exactly. L. Yeah. Ellen is L. There we go. There we go. The, okay, there's an Solved. there's an epigraph at I, the end of Rhythm of War that says, "Who then is L?" And there you go. We have we have mm, solved it. There we go. Um. Also, to add to this, Elliot, um, whenever I first started reading Mistborn, like, was really like a couple chapters into the Final Empire, I would like they keep calling Kelsier like Kel or something like that. Oh yeah, you know, and Kaladin is Cal. So yeah. I was like, I mean, yeah. that's close, right? Is there a connection here? I was I was really digging into that, but you know, the the name association. It's not the most reliable. The, the two Even characters are the most notable. The two characters that have nothing to do with each other that I equate together, uh, simply because Michael Kramer uses the same voice for both characters, is Wayne from Mistborn Era Two, which we'll get to in a couple months here, and um, Lopin um, from Bridge Four. Lopin and Wayne have the same voice. Um, <laughs> from Michael Kramer and so in my brain they're the same character okay anything else gentlemen I think that's plenty next week we will summarize and recap and wrap up the entire book of the well of ascension and then the week after that we'll be jumping straight into the hero of ages thanks for joining me we reconvene next week Paul and Elliot Bye-bye.